Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and authentic stories with people who have decided to turn their mess into their mission and their past into their purpose. We'll talk on topics like faith, family, and entrepreneurship. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Brittany Jones. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. Today with me, I have my friend Daniel Mitchell, who is truly one of my favorite people. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing great, Brittany. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while now, and we've got a really exciting thing to announce to everyone. So I'm glad it worked out for this week for us to be able to chat. So thank you for giving me some time this morning. Yeah. So we're going to jump right in as usual here, and I'm going to have Daniel share a little bit about himself, and then we're going to jump into this conversation just around worship and biblical unity and just Daniel's story. So go ahead, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, okay. Um, I am, I have the privilege of, of being a worship leader. I've been in ministry for years and years and years. I got started um, when I was just a kid in middle school playing uh, in my church. My parents were pastors and they've been pastors for years. Um, and I had the opportunity to start playing in church, really got passionate about worship. And so I've been in worship ministry ever since. Um, I have had the privilege to do a lot of songwriting, um, a lot of travel, um, and uh, really, really excited just about this next season as God has brought a lot of the things that he began in my life early on from ministry, uh, music, passions that he stirred in me. He's brought all of those full circle uh, in this season. So yeah, you know, I'm from Gainesville, Florida and um, the swamp, go Gators. Uh, but uh, I've been all around. I've lived in Oklahoma, went to Oral Roberts University, uh, studied music there, lived in the DC metro area. I lived uh, in Richmond, Virginia, which is one of my favorite cities. And now I live in Orlando, uh, where I serve as lead worship pastor at Discovery Church. So it's a little bit about me. Yeah. Do you, how did, how did you get to Orlando? Tell us that little oh, bit of story. Okay. <laughs> the craziest story, the craziest story. So I've got to go all the way back to when I was living in Maryland. I was um, working at a church there. I felt God sensing, uh, God kind of stirring me to transition. That was a sense that I had. And so um, I reached out to a couple of people and uh, I heard back from this one guy named Rocky Bera. Uh, he is, uh, he works for a company called Slingshot and they assign different leaders to churches. And I remember driving down the road, I put in like an application and all these things. Uh, and he called me on the phone while I was driving and we just had a talk for maybe about the space of 10 minutes. Never heard of this man, didn't know who he was. Uh, and we were talking and he ended by saying, you know, I don't have anything uh, available right now that I feel could work for where you are and work for your season life. But I do believe that God's up to something in this conversation. And so uh, I'm going to pray and I hope that God reveals whatever that is. So fast forward about four years from that conversation, wow. which is now four years ago, uh, I'm living in Richmond, Virginia. I'm working at a church as a uh, creative arts director. And um, I get a call on a Monday, and it's Rocky all these years later. Uh, and he says, hey, there's an opportunity coming open uh, at my church. Would you be interested in it? And I said, not really. Uh, I'm already at a church. Uh, I'm about to move into a new apartment. I just put down my deposit on the lease, so I'm not really interested in that. Uh, and he said, well, I'm going to send you the information uh, want you to take a look at it, see if you're interested. And I said, sure, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. Had no intention of doing it. <laughs> Went into the office the next day on Tuesday, um, and our church let us know that they could no longer afford uh, to have us on staff. And I thought to myself, okay, well, um, I don't know what that call meant the day before, but that does mean that God must be up to something. This might be my season. And so... Um, I transitioned from there. My last Sunday was Easter Sunday. Talked back to Rocky and um, went a couple of other places. God opened some doors for me to um, have an opportunity to meet some new people, talk to some other churches. But uh, after talking to Don and John at Discovery, felt like that was a place that God wanted me to land. And 
So they brought me and I've been here for four and a half years. Uh, this Christmas will be my fifth Christmas at Discovery. That's so, kind of unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it feels like yesterday and it doesn't like, it does seem like five years too, because we were in our yeah. old building and yeah. I was looking back on Instagram this morning. I'm like, Daniel's really changed a lot in five years <laughs> since he's been here. Been very strategic changes, very strategic changes. Yeah, but we're so happy to have you. I think one of the, you know, reasons that Discovery kind of was shifting at that time was this idea that we live in Orlando. We live in a very diverse community. Um, we wanted our church to reflect our community. And I think one of the big pieces that, you know, my family and I have been at Discovery for almost 13 years now. And yeah, and, you know, I will say that was one thing that always kind of like, I don't know, I, I wanted our church to look like our community too. And when they went seeking for new worship pastors, I know one of the big pieces of their heart in that was this, this beautiful diversity and discovery definitely has that, especially now. Um, and you actually wrote a beautiful song. Can you tell us about your song that is all about this biblical unity and, and just this, this vision of heaven in the future? Yeah, you know, um, I love this song. Um, it, it's been so close to my heart. And I remember uh, when I first shared it with uh, one of um, my old colleagues, Mark Gogler, we were uh, in the arts office and I was like, hey man, I want you to hear this song. I want you to tell me if you think it's something that would be good for us. And he heard it and we sang and played it together and took it to leadership and the rest is history. But, um, you know, the song is really about being united and it is uh, taken from the prayer that Jesus prayed when he said, make them one father as you and I are one. And that is the heart of Jesus for the church, that we be united as one, just as he and the father are united. And I think that when we look at, you know, the scriptures that are in Revelation and they talk about what heaven's going to look like, heaven's going to have a lot of people there that uh, are from all different backgrounds, that are all different um, languages and all different pieces of God's heart. And I feel like as the church, we get an opportunity to experience heaven in the here and now when we worship in beautiful diversity. And I think, Brittany, as I look at just the life of our church, one of the things that has made our worship experience so powerful is that we're living into that, that when we stand together and uh, we worship in alignment with what the Bible says heaven's going to look like, then heaven gets an opportunity to come to earth. And I've seen that happen so many times in our worship experiences. And so this particular song really was a prayer uh, for God to do this in our body, to make us one, to teach us, to help us know him more so that we could be the light that guides the world. And so uh, I've seen God just do that. You know, one of the things I love about, you know, worship is that it helps you kind of seed the atmosphere with what you want to see, you know? And so I believe that if you want to see something, the way to reinforce that is to sing about it, to talk about it, to pray about it. And we were talking a lot about the diversity we wanted, uh, and we were uh, praying about it. You know, a lot of people whose hearts were uh, stirred for that, they were praying about it. But what we weren't doing is we weren't bringing the community together um, to sing that truth and to see the atmosphere with that prayer. And that's what we did, and that's what God has done. Um, he has united us. He has brought people of all different cultures and backgrounds together. We have seen uh, worship happen here on earth as it is in heaven uh, in many of our experiences together. And I believe it's because of the fact that we have been united in praying that prayer that God truly would make us one. And uh, in the midst of all of the things that have happened um, in our country and in the world over the past couple of years, we still remain as a united community. Um, and so I'm just grateful for how God used that song. Uh, the way it kind of worked out, um, it's, my first ever song that I'm releasing uh, that was recorded live and the single came out uh, not too long ago, but we were planning a night of worship and we wanted to do an original song. Now, if you know, you know me, Brittany, I, I don't like, you know, walk around being like, hey, let's all sing this song I wrote. Like, that's right. weird. I don't like that. Um, that's not who I am. So we were in a meeting uh, planning uh, our night of worship. I believe it was night of worship 2018. And uh, Chloe was doing some of the programming for it. And we had a song in there that I had written specifically for Chloe. 
and uh, we weren't able to get it done in time. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we won't get to do it. That's okay. I mean, you know, next time. And Make Us One had kind of been in the works in the background. People had heard kind of like demos of it, but it, nothing had ever really been done. And Chloe turned around to the board she was writing and she looked back at me and she said, what about Make Us One? And I was like, wow, why, why, <laughs> what, what do you mean? She was like, I think it could work. And I was like, I don't know that I agree with you. I don't, this is not something that I want to do for Night of Worship. But we ended up doing it. And because of the message of the song, I split it up between um, several people of different cultures. Uh, and we're all leading just from that kind of overflow of our experiences with God. And so um, the song was recorded that night at Night of Worship. Who knew that that would be the night that we recorded that? And uh, it's been a blessing. It features our choir, which I know that you've had the opportunity to be a part of. And they sound really, really amazing. Uh, so just blessed by how all of that came together. And all of it was a God thing. You know, um, this whole album that's coming out of mine uh, on, on, on today, it, it all was a God thing. None of it was like, oh, I'm going to sit down and, and plan this out. It was all just God bringing people and different moments um, and different songs that he'd stirred in my heart together to make this project. So that's really awesome. I'm very excited about it. It drops today, you guys. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about a little bit. But if I remember correctly, you wrote this song way before you ever came to Discovery too, right? I did. Yeah. And it was written actually while I was at my church in Maryland. And I'd written it and I'd really just put it on the shelf. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I felt like God gave it to me and that it was supposed to be for someone, but I just didn't know when. And so when I brought it to Mark, that's why I was like, just like help tell me what you think if this, if this is something for us. And um, he affirmed that he felt like it was and we recorded a couple versions of it before we got it right. <laughs> Uh, and he's one of uh, the second verse. He he helped me kind of kind of write it. But yeah, that's the interesting thing I think about this whole project is um, it is a collection of songs from many different seasons of life, um, and a lot of them are songs that I felt like God had given to me um, to encourage myself or to encourage others that I'd shared with people, and then I just put in a, a folder away somewhere. Um, I was involved in music very early in life. My very first album, um, The Experience, came out probably when I was 16. And I was doing mostly gospel music and traveling and doing all these things. And uh, God just really changed my season. And I hadn't done any music in a long, long time. And so when I would write these songs, I would just like, this is great. Thank you, God, for this. This is encouraging. You know, when, in my personal worship time, I'll use this and I'm going to put it over there on a shelf. Um, and, you know, for me to come to Discovery, and I really felt like God was saying, okay, take those songs off the shelf. And I was like, I'll take them off the shelf. I just don't know what, what am I supposed to do with these? And so I started sharing them with different people um, and they would just affirm God's hand on, on the music. And uh, so I said, well, let's see where it goes. We'll record it. Um, Make Us One was kind of the first song that was ever really done on this project because of the fact that it just, all the pieces just kind of came together how God did it. And I was so amazed. I was like, okay, maybe God wants to do that with this song. And so every song I would just basically raise to him and say, okay, Lord, what about this one? And he's like, absolutely, I'll open the doors for it to be done. And I'm just like, wait, what's happening here? You know, I love the project, but a lot of it um, has kind of been done without me. Uh, it's kind of had a life of its own. So it, it's very interesting. And uh, Make Us One being the first song of the collection, uh, the way that God just kind of brought it all together and used the song from years ago before I even knew about Discovery. Uh, and then he used Discovery to bring it to life in the middle of the passion and the desire that he's been stirring in our church. Um, it's just been a beautiful process to watch. It really has. Yeah. How just overwhelmingly blessed do you feel to be at a place where you can have this kind of creative freedom and... I mean, if anybody wants to, discoverychurch.org, you can watch worship, you can watch our pastor speak. I just love, love, love our church. And the truth of God's word is always spoken and is always, you know, on display for our community. And 
Um, I know when I worked there, I was, I just felt so honored to, to even be a part of it in some small way. How does it make you feel that, that God has really just kind of ordained your steps along the way and kind of placed you here for, for now, for this time? Yeah, it's, um, it's mind blowing really, you know, um, I, I remember in the season where, uh, I was transitioning from my church in Richmond, thinking to myself, you know, God, what, what do I do? Um, and I really very strongly felt like he said, don't nothing. <laughs> I was like, what? And so my, I remember the, the, the Monday after my last Sunday there, I was just sitting on the couch and I probably sat there for about the space of two, three hours. Um, just saying, okay, God, you said do nothing. So literally that's what I'm doing here. I'm waiting on you. And after a few hours of being awake that morning, the phone rang and God just began to open doors. Uh, and so the fact that he's brought me all the way here and what I've seen him do, Brittany, when I look at what I've seen him do, the people that he's brought to the team, the way that it has grown, the way that our church has grown, um, just the powerful experiences, the way that he's moved, um, the life that he's brought, the people who we've been able to help. I think my favorite thing, you know, I love being able to create in this space and I love being able to do music and worship. And I absolutely do think that, you know, if you're in the Orlando area, you got to come to Discovery for worship or, you know, if you can't watch online, but nothing like being in the room. But one of my favorite things to do has been to um, help people understand the nearness of God um, just by relationship and sharing my personal story. And, you know, as I shared with you, I grew up in a Christian household, parents, pastors. I had, I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood. Um, just so filled with um, love and affection for my parents and just uh, some really deep roots in faith. And most people probably wouldn't believe that as a child, uh, from ages five to 10, I was sexually abused. Um, and in the middle of this happy life, um, the enemy came in to try to steal. And uh, the wounds of that abuse followed me for years. Um, you know, from attempted suicide to significant depression, um, to just trying to figure out if God even knew who I was. I had so many questions. I'd always grown up around church. Um, but as any person who goes through abuse uh, experiences, you have the question that, you know, if God loved me, where was he when this was happening? And that question burned in my mind all the way through to my early 20s. And, you know, I continued following the Lord, continued in ministry. And even when I was working, um, you know, at churches, I would use my vacation time. I would travel around to different ministries around the country who had healing ministries. And I would sit in their services waiting for God to just heal the brokenness that was in me. And I went to California. I went to uh, Wisconsin. I went, you know, to Georgia. I'm going all these different places using my vacation time just to be in a place where I'm like, okay, God, I'm here. If you want to meet me here, i just come, just come and heal me. And the last place I ended up in was El Paso, Texas. That was the last place on my list. No hurt to anybody in El Paso, okay? But it's hot down there. It's real hot. And, <laughs> and I went to El Paso looking uh, for Jesus to just come and to redeem some things. And I remember meeting with the pastor and he took me through um, just some deliverance ministry and spoke some things over me and nothing happened and I was like well, where's the where's the healing like I, and the last thing he said to me before I walked out of the door um and I remember I had my luggage in my hand because I had to leave that meeting go straight to the plane and he said Jesus was with you in those situations see him there and I was just like but I don't and so got my luggage, got on the plane. I wept probably all the way back home um, just because I said to God, you know, this was, I've been looking for you everywhere. And this was kind of my last attempt to find you. And I didn't find the healing that, that I know that you want to give me. What else do I do? So I walked back in my house uh, once I got back and I just kind of fell on the floor and I just began to weep. 
And it was like all of a sudden um, I was transported back to those moments of abuse. And in the times when I would be being abused, it would be all dark in the room and the door would have this light underneath it. And so a light would come from underneath the door. And I remember as a child to kind of uh, detach from the moment, I would look into the light to distract myself from all that was happening. And I remember in this moment fell down to the floor. I felt like I was transported back and I could see myself lying there in the darkness. And I heard this voice say, look into the light. And it was like in this vision, I turned around and I looked into the light and I saw Jesus standing there. And he looked so upset about what was happening to me. Like it broke his heart. And as I turned back to look at myself there on the floor, I looked back and I saw him holding me. And it was like all of the pain of feeling like God had forgotten about me and like he had abandoned me and feeling like Jesus, you know, he knew about me but didn't care about my circumstances. It's like it all began to just melt all this ice from around my heart. And it was like I could finally feel my heart beating again for what had been such a long time since I was a kid. And, you know, God healed so many wounds in me from that experience. And I, I, had, I had come back home with every intent to just give up, that I was going to struggle with the pain of this for the rest of my life. Um, and God used those moments to remind me of how near he was. And as I've been at Discovery, I've met a lot of people who share my story. And God has created opportunities for me to be able to speak to those people and let them know that there is hope and let them know that he sees them. And I, you know, I sit here today as a living testimony of the healing power of God, that he does heal broken hearts, that, you know, we don't have to be products of our story, that he is able to come in and, and write a story better than one that we could have ever thought of. And when I look at my life and just the, the journey that God has had me on, he has taken my story, which didn't begin so great, and he has made it into something beautiful. And isn't that just like him? He's the one who does all things well, who takes ashes and instead gives us beauty, who takes broken things and uses them for his glory. And I am one of those broken things. Mm. I've been covered in ashes, and God has used all of that to do some beautiful things. And so on weekends when I step out on the stage, you know, I move a lot, I jump a lot, I, I run around, I'm very, very active. And part of the reason of that is because I think to myself, after all that God has done for me, how can I just stand still? How can I not use every fiber of my being to praise the God who literally saved my life? The God who literally brought me back from the dead in those moments where I tried to take my life. And still kept me here. I don't. I don't know. You know, if I should be here. Or I don't know if I deserve to be here. But what I do know is that God loved me enough to keep me here. And I think that if that's the case, that He's allowed me to still have breath in my body, to still have the use of my limbs, to still have my mind, to have a heart that's been healed. Then I have to use every bit of that to bring Him the honor and the glory that He's worthy of. Because I could spend my whole life worshiping every second of the day and it not be enough to say thank you mm. for all that He's done. And so, uh, looking at just this season and what God's allowed me to do, I think my favorite part. Um, of being at DC has just been to uh, share my story and my heart with people and, and watch God use that to bring some healing and some hope uh, for those who had a story just like mine. Wow, that is so powerful. And I'm so appreciative of you for sharing that. I'd known bits and pieces of this story, but hadn't heard it myself all the way through. And God is so good. And he, he, like you said, he takes broken things and he makes them beautiful. And man, I'm thankful for that same all the way. Um, I think yours is a beautiful story of 
you didn't choose this, but it was, it is part of your story. And then you have people like me who just made a lot of dumb decisions in life growing up who God used that too, you know, and just thankful that no matter what we do, he's ultimately in control. He's got a plan. Like you said, it's, it's to prosper us, not to harm us. He's got this big, amazing thing for us. And, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to find that healing that you, you were seeking. Um, I can't even imagine. So I was curious, have any of the other songs from the album been influenced by that story? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in, in those seasons um, where I have been really seeking the Lord, I wrote a lot of songs um, about that process and trying to figure out there, there's two in particular that I wrote um, right around this time where I was traveling. And a couple of them, I remember I, I wrote on, on flights, but these two, there's one that's called Endless Pursuit, which is, is exactly where I was. It was an endless pursuit to find God and, and another one called Beautiful Falling Down. And Endless Pursuit, um, it start, the first line says, I will find you. Lord, your face is all I seek. Look on me where I am. See my brokenness. Give me your hand. And the part of it, that I felt like was so prophetic um, was that the chorus says, I will be healed by the touch of your hand when I look on your face. Mm. It says, I'll be healed by the strength of your love. I will find you, Jesus. And it, it blows my mind to think that my healing came when I saw Jesus' face. And my healing came when I looked back and saw that he was holding me. And so that song in particular is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, everybody who's heard it has, you know, a couple of ideas about what their favorite is, but I think that's the one that hits my heart the most um, because of the fact that it's just, um, it, it was my prayer to the Father that with everything I have, I'm, I'm going to spend all of my days trying to discover you. No matter what, what it's going to take, I'm going to find you somehow in, in this in this situation, and and I'm going to see you in these circumstances. And um, I found them, and I'm grateful. And I hope that that particular song will help some people uh, who are on their journey to discover God and discover His love in new ways. I hope that it will give them some encouragement along the way. And then there's another song called "Beautiful Falling Down," and I will let you take a listen to it. But it is, I think, um, probably one of the more transparent songs on the project. Um, and it really is um, about hearing, hearing the Father and what he thinks about us. Instead of what our circumstances say, instead of what people say, but hearing what the Father says. Um, and he spoke some words over me uh, in these moments where I had been seeking him that I, I hope will be um, life-changing and life-giving to people. So those two, probably the ones that are the most influenced by my story. That's awesome. So tell me why the album is called Older. Woo! <laughs> Older. Well, first of all, Brittany, I'm getting a little old here. Um, so I felt like it was, I felt like it was accurate <laughs> to say the least. But uh, there's, a, there's a scripture uh, that uh, is in the Psalms where David is looking back on his life and he says, um, I once was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Um, and that particular scripture, you know, my mom used to read that over me growing up. And I always remembered it and thought about it uh, in a lot of ways. But as I get older and I look back over my life um, and even the things that we just talked about that I've walked through, um, God's been so faithful. And it's like every year I see a new level of his faithfulness where I'm able to look back at something in life and see that he was present and he was there. And so um, while I am not as old as David was when he shared that, um, I can look back and say that, that God has been um, ever present in all of my circumstances regardless of um, whether I knew he was there or not, he never abandoned me. Uh, he's never forsaken me. And, you know, my mom 
she was she was quiet. She was a quiet lady. Um, my mom, probably one of the most influential people in my life, and I think um, even in her passing, continues to influence me with uh, the way that she lived, the way that she loved people, and um, the things that she spoke over me. And, you know, she would always say to me in circumstances where um, things would be difficult or I had questions about what the future looked like, she would ask me the question, Daniel, can you see God in this situation? And I'd be like, no, I don't see God in this situation. It's not going the way I think it should go. Nothing's working. It's not. <laughs> and she'd always ask, Daniel, can you see God in this situation? Because he's here. And, you know, as circumstances have come up since since she's passed, um, a lot of things have happened. You know, losing a parent is, is life-changing, you know, and you don't really get over it. You grow with it, uh, with the weight of that loss. And I've grown with that loss um, a little in this short amount of time. And I can still hear her asking me in a lot of situations, Daniel, can you see God's hand in this? And I can, you know. And his word is true. He doesn't forsake his people. Yeah. And so I've seen him stick by me. My mom taught me a lot of things um, that uh, I think this album is a, is a big reflection of. Um, and so the project is called Older because of the fact that um, that scripture has probably been one of the things that I can just latch onto that I say would be the most true of all that I've experienced. I know that there are other things that have been in God's word that I'm, I'm waiting to live out, but that I've lived out well to be able to look back and say, I'm older and God's moved. He was there. He's been there. He's still there. Um, and, you know, as we talk about discovery, having God sightings, um, my mom taught me how to recognize and acknowledge the activity of God at a young age. And as I've been taking stock of his activity in my life, uh, I found it true that he's never forsaken the righteous and those who belong to him, everybody who belongs to them, he's taken good care of. And my mom, um, she was, I'd, I'd say that she was a righteous person uh, when I look at just her life. And because of that, um, God has blessed her, but he also blessed all of her kids. And I'm one of those who's living off of uh, the blessings that God poured off on my mom and um, the way she lived. Everybody loved her because she was the kind of person that loved you no matter what. And uh, she taught me that. And that's something that I've just taken into all of my experiences is loving people. So I'm hoping this album will be a big encouragement to people. The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-Shirts. Go to peacelovetshirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovetshirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. My mom and I would actually listen to it. Uh, she's, you know, I, I'm excited about it coming out because she was, she was the very first person to hear it in its entirety. And so I played some of the songs for her. And I remember uh, we were driving down the road and the song would end and she would look at me and she goes, I like that one. And when Older, which is the title track, uh, came on uh, and that one finished, she leaned over to me in the car and she said, I think I know where you got that one from. And it was because of her, a lot of the language that she used to use when she would speak to me um, is, is in that song. I've basically taken some of her words and some of her encouragements and, and put it to music. And so Older is another great track on the project. Um, I think it slaps personally, but in addition to slapping, I think it's going to be a big encouragement for people. Uh, and it's a, it's a reminder that no matter what you're going through, things things will get better after a while. And mom always used to say that, and I've seen that to be true. Yeah, mom's mom's right on that one for sure. Well, I love that she got to hear it in its entirety because I know she passed away very closely to the, was it the first released song? Uh, I believe she passed away somewhere around the time that Make Us One came out. 
Yeah. So it was that was the third of them, um, and she she passed away, I believe, maybe right before that one came out. Um, and yeah, it was it's been hard. My mom, she was she's a big big deal in my family. Um, she's had an impact on a lot of people. She was a missionary for a long time, and so I didn't grow up on the mission field, uh, but I grew up in a house that was very passionate about the nations which is, you know, where a lot of the overflow of me wanting to bring people together in unity amidst beautiful diversity comes from the passion of her and my dad and their work in ministry, especially in missions. And so um, she, she impacted a lot of people. She's a mom, she's a pastor, um, she was an educator. She was all of the things. She had been a nurse for years until, you know, God sent her into full-time ministry. There was just, there was just this life and this energy about her that uh, if you were around her for five minutes, no matter what you were going through, you felt better. You just, you just, you just felt better. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, the life that I had with her was just, was just crazy. We did all the things, you know, while I've been sad to see her go, um, one of the reasons that my heart's been able to be at peace is because we did all the things. Uh, for the past four years, you know, God moved me here to Florida and uh, every Monday me and my mom would cook together, just the thing we did. Uh, and so for the last four years, we have um, spent a lot of time and, you know, got to hear, I think, some important words of wisdom that will take me for the rest of my life that I will pass on to my kids um, as a result of just these past couple of years with mom alone, not to mention the, the life that we had. So um, going to miss her, continuing to miss her. Um, it's been hard without her. I've never done ministry without her before. So the idea that I'm doing ministry without my mentor and my teacher and my best friend um, is, has been difficult, but um, I'm able to continue on because of what she poured into me. Um, I remember uh, the week that she died, I was up on stage leaving at Discovery and a lot of people asked me, they were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you even here? Your mom just passed. Shouldn't you be with your family? And I had literally like just just drove back uh, from Gainesville to be able to be at church and to be up uh, with the team on the weekend. And I remember saying to a couple of friends of mine, um, I get to honor my mom by doing this because growing up, this is what she raised me to do. And this is what she taught me. And whenever I get to do this, I'm a reflection of her investment and her work um, and her love and her uh, passion for the father. I, I reflect that. And so, yeah, I'm going to get up and continue because of the fact that I get to honor not just God, but also honor my mom, who um, was the one that led me to the Lord, introduced me to the Father. You know, bedtime stories at, at night were stories from the mission field, which is how I gave my life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven years old. Uh, after, you know, all those years of hearing that there was this God who could open blind eyes, this God who could make sick people well, and this God who could open deaf ears. And my mom was front row to see God do a lot of those things in the mission field. And so um, I grew up wanting to know who is this God that cares so much about people that he'd do all these amazing things. Like, I want to know him. I, what do I have to do? And so I gave my life to the Lord when I was seven because of her life and the life that she lived. So when I get up and I do ministry, um, I'm just an extension of, of what God started in her, continuing that legacy of reaching people and introducing them to who the Father is. So I miss her. She's still here in my heart. Um, she's definitely in a, in a lot of my songs because her, her words, um, I've taken them and, and I sing them over myself often. And that's reflected in, in a lot of what's been in this project. So um, a lot of people are going to miss her. I, I, I know I miss her a ton every single day. But um, the, the investment that she made in my life, it, it's one of the reasons I am who I am because of who she was. Amazing. You know, I'm a mom. I know there's a lot of parents that are listening. 
it seems like, you know, at the end of the day, this is what we all hope our children say of us, um, you know, that we led them to the Lord, that we modeled for them what just trusting God over and over again, no matter what life throws at you. Um, and just instilling in our kiddos this, you know, God's got you and he's got a plan for you. And you may not see it right now, but there's something about that motherly kind of intuition where you're like, you know, I know God has great things for my child. And it's, I'm, I'm sure she's just peering down from heaven at you right now. And just so incredibly proud of you and just beaming, um, because that's, that's a mother's heart, but I'm curious if other than all of these wonderful things that you've just said, if there's anything else that she kind of maybe as like a word for some of our parents, like what's something that she did or said, or something that just impacted you in a really profound way. You know, my mom, um, she grew up, um, in a, in a rough household. Uh, she lived in a divided house and, uh, she was raised by her father. Um, tons of brothers and sisters, tons of brothers and sisters, big family, um, all raised by one man and he was a janitor. Um, and, uh, my grandfather, his father was a sharecropper and his father was a slave. And so my family was just a few generations removed from slavery. And one of the things that my grandfather would always say to my mom, she would tell me this and she would tuck me in at night. And I used to love, I grew up on a farm, so we had just stars everywhere. So in my bedroom, I had those little, you know, like 90s stick on the ceiling stars. She would tuck me in and I would look at the stars and she would say this, uh, which is what her dad used to say. He would always say, shoot for the moon. But if for any reason you miss and hit a couple stars, that'll be okay too. And I grew up as a kid, you know, North Central Florida, growing up on a farm with big dreams that God could do something very meaningful through my life. Um, I used to love music, but I wasn't always a good singer. I was actually really bad one growing up. I was terrible. Uh, people, people would tell me not to sing when I would. It was like, it was really, really bad. Um, and I don't even, I don't even remember when it got better. Like, I don't think it got better until college. It was bad for a long time, but I felt like, you know, music was what God was leading me to do. And she felt the same. And so she would always say, shoot for the moon. And, and I would, I did, um, because of the fact that she encouraged me. And I think for any, any parent, and I say this as, as, you know, growing up with a person who had, I think, really great parents. Um, tell your kids that they can't accomplish anything because I, I believe that they can. But if for any reason they've got big goals and they hit a star instead of the moon, I think it's important for them to know that you'll still love them and accept them. And that's how my mom was, you know. Uh, I accomplished a lot in high school. You know, I was in competitions and all of these things. Um, but I knew that if, you know, for any reason, um, I didn't hit my goals that my parents would still love me at the end of the day. And that no matter where I, where I'd gone or, you know, what journey I, I was on, that my parents would still love me. They would still accept me. And growing up with this sense of I'll always be accepted no matter what gave me, I think, even more confidence to pursue my dreams and to pursue what I felt like God was leading me to. Um, and it helped me to never put limits on myself. You know, like I believe, and I believe this because my mom taught me this, that if, if there's something that I want to do or I feel God leading me to do, that I'm going to be able to do it somehow. And I think we grow up a lot of times and we lose that sense of faith that anything is possible. Um, and we think of it as this, you know, this, this fairy tale thing that you hear when you're young. Um, but if I look at my life, my life is just impossible. I love what God has done in my story, but if I look at where I began, my circumstances, this is just not possible. This is not what's supposed to happen. Uh, but because of the fact that I didn't give up and I trusted God to take 
whatever, you know, whatever shot I took to take it and as far as he possibly would and to lift it up if it, you know, was cast a little low or to take it further if maybe it was a couple centimeters off of where I was trying to go. He's taken everything that I've put out um, as far as my energy and made something beautiful out of it and expanded it to where a lot of the dreams that I've had to get to at, at 28, by the way, I'm 28. A lot of the dreams I've had <laughs> for 28, I've seen them because of the fact that I was always told it's possible. And if for any reason you miss, it's okay. So I, I uh, have nieces and nephews who are very close to my mom. And when I get the opportunity, I, I remind them of that little turn of phrase that they should always shoot for the moon. But if they hit a couple stars, that'll be okay too. So that's something that she taught me that it's taken me a long way. And I know it's, it's a bedtime story tale that you tell your kiddos, but I still remember that. Um, and I've built my life on, on that truth. And it's, uh, it served me well. Well, and I think it's important to note too that like, it wasn't just some like, hey, you can do whatever you want and this lofty, you know, thing. It's also attached to scripture in the sense that like God is leading you and just that openness and kind of living like this with your hands just wide open and saying, you know, I, whatever you have for me, I'm open to just keep leading me. I'm going to keep walking in that direction, you know? Yeah. And it's, um. It's been, I think, when I was with my mom and we would travel a lot because, you know, starting music early, there was a lot of touring and dates and with the album coming out at 16, you know, we entered a competition. It was a gospel music competition for choirs. And I led a choir for years. It was one of the first things I did in music ministry. And we had about 50 or so people. And, you know, we were a bunch of, young kids from Gainesville and we entered this big competition with our little album and we won it. And I remember when somebody was like, hey, there's this competition, we should enter it. We were like the last people to enter because I was so sure we did not need to be in this competition to get embarrassed by all these other people. Well, there were 70 choirs in it from all across the country and they were all spectacular. And the grand prize was um, to have a song that you did released on like a major album and then you got to perform at the Apollo and to meet all these people. And so, we enter the competition, they cut it down to 50, okay, from 70. And so we're in the top 50. We're like, okay, fine. They cut it down from 50 to 10. And we were in the top 10 and we're like, wait, why are we here? We don't belong here. All these other people sound so much better. And they cut it down to five and we ended up winning and it was just wild. Um, and I remember we took a big team of people from our church as well as our choir uh, to New York to perform at the Apollo. And we were staying in this really like swanky hotel in Times Square. It was like the coolest hotel I'd ever been in. And so I remember my mom and I, we had connecting rooms and I was sleeping the day of the show. And I woke up and I knocked on her door and she was sleeping. I tiptoed in there and I pushed her a little and I was like, mom, wake up. And she was like, What's going on? Are you okay? I said, yeah, I just have a question for you. She said, um, you know, okay, tell me a question. I said, do you think I'm good enough to be here? You know, that's a loaded question to a mama because she's going to say yes. <laughs> All right. But I really wanted to know. I'm like, I've gotten here. I don't think I should be here. Do you think I'm good enough to be here? <laughs> and I'll never forget her response. Anytime she was about to say something that was poignant, she would take her hand and she would put it on my cheek. And I would always lean into it. And she said to me, she said, there are a lot of talented people here. But if we had to depend, depend on your talent, maybe I would be concerned. She said, but 
your talent isn't what got you here. It's the fact that this was God's plan that got you here. And so because this was his plan, you're already good enough. And I was just like, what? what she was also asleep. Like she woke up with this just out of her sleep, which is just the craziest thing. But she said, the idea that she said, you know, if we had to depend on just your ability, I'd, I'd be concerned. I'd be worried, but that's not what, we're not depending on your ability, my ability, anybody's ability. We're depending on God's ability. And if he brought you this far, then he thinks you're good enough and that's good enough for, that should be good enough for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we performed that night and man, it was just like the Holy Spirit just like moved at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. And it's just like, Holy Spirit's showing up? What is this? You know, and so it just was this really cool experience, but I never forgot there, there, there were even moments, you know, after that, that were big deal moments where I remember walking up to her and saying, you know, mom, um, you know, do you think I can pull this off? And she would say, well, if we had to depend on you, you should be worried. But we don't. And that's the good news. We've never had to depend on you. We've never had to depend on me. We only had to depend on God. He's all we got. And he's the best thing we got. And so it's those kinds of lessons that, you know, people ask me all the time when I'm backstage discovery, they're like, are you nervous? And I'm like, no. I'm not. And they're like, why aren't you nervous? I've always heard it's good to be a little bit nervous. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know that I fully agree with that. I don't know that I fully agree with that. You know, Mother Teresa, I read her book, No Greater Love, every year. I was like, Mother Teresa would probably disagree with that. What? (laughs) Can I also, can you give me one of those shirts? I love that. Uh, But I read her book every year and, and she talks a little bit about, you know, nervousness. And I tell people all the time and they're like, Daniel, you're nervous. I say, no. The reason is because I know that this has nothing to do with me. What I'm about to go out here and do, it's not about talent. I grew up as not the best singer, so trust me, I know it's not about talent. It has to be about the Holy Spirit coming in and, you know, God moving through a vessel that he's decided to use. And as long as God uses me, I'm good. There's no need to be nervous because what's about to come out of my mouth It's not from me. I'm depending fully on him. And so I've been able to, as a result of, you know, just what my mom's taught me, have a a relationship and and a life that's been dependent on the father. And it takes a lot of stress off when you don't have to depend on yourself, right? You know, sometimes the reasons why we are anxious and we're nervous is because we try to do things in our own power. And I think we know the extent of our power that it has limitations, but God's power has no limit. And so when we depend and we rest on him and when we let him do the work, then we can do impossible things. We can have the opportunity to walk in areas that like for my life just makes no sense. Not based on the, on the, you know, data, it it doesn't add up, but with God, as the word says, all things are possible. And that's true. And so when we depend on that limitless power source, we're able uh, to walk in the exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever ask hope think or imagine so that's uh, something that my mom stirred in me that I, I live that out I live that out every day that's amazing you know we say at discovery a lot only God right you want it you want it to be something where it is literally unexplainable other than well I guess God did that because how else would that have happened and it's such a really it's really a like you said it it melts that stress, that anxiety, that need for control. It really kind of melts all that away when you can just walk in a way that you're open to whatever he has next for you. So three things popped into my mind as you were saying that. One, I pictured that scene from uh, Sister Act 2 where they show up at the choir event. Okay, I love that movie. That's like one of my all-time favorites. Oh, as well. And like, you're the choir that nobody thinks can make it happen. And then all of a sudden you win. So that's like what I'm seeing in my mind. Yeah, we had a, we had a big Sister Act story. And Sister Act, I grew up watching that movie. And uh, I love the part where, you know, they break into these dance moves. And I'm thinking to myself, when did they practice these? Did, these, are, these are highly coordinated dance moves. And in my choir, when we performed at the Apollo, we had some pretty serious dance moves. 
um, you know, maybe inspired just a little bit by Sister Act. I mean, if you're a singer and you didn't love Sister Act 2, there's something wrong with you, I think. <laughs> but I also thought you, you know, obviously it's God, but you you hit the lottery in the mom category, I think, Daniel. Like, you literally had the best mom. And it's so beautiful to hear you speak of her and just share all the the wisdom that she shared with you and um one of the last things i thought of too was this whole idea of don't any don't let anyone look down on you because you're young and i'm sure starting ministry at such a young age and still being super young if i may um what has that like what has that verse meant to you throughout all of this yeah you know uh it's funny you say that my mom would say it all the time let no man despise your youth she always spoke in King James. And I, that was the coolest things about her. She always spoke in King James. She said, no, let, let no man despise your youth. And um, I think that's one of the things for me, because when I, when I started in ministry, a lot of the people that I was leading were, I was 11, 12, and they were 50, 60. They'd been around a long time. Some of them have gone on to see the Lord. Um, and they would be like, I remember a lot of people would be like, what is it that you could possibly tell us? And like, I don't know. The only thing I can tell you is what God says. And if for any reason I hear him just a little bit, then I may have something that you may need to hear. I want to hear, or that may help. And um, we took some 50 and 60 year olds with us to the Apollo. There are people who, um, I remember they were probably in their 40s when I started in ministry, and we are still connected in ministry now, all these years later. Um, but I've gone in a lot of places and been in a lot of seasons where um, I've been the youngest, uh, and I've not felt ashamed of that. And I think it's easy sometimes um, Every generation, like sometimes I look at, was it Gen Z? And I'm like, what are y'all doing over there? And so it's very natural for other generations to look at um, each other and just say, mm, I don't know about that, especially older generations looking at the younger. Like, you know, those young kids, they're crazy. I don't understand. Like one of the things I don't get is I don't get the obsession with YouTube. You know, I use YouTube for cooking videos and fitness videos. But I have a niece who literally just watches like full on just people playing video games on YouTube. I just, I don't get it, but I'm trying to be gracious. But there's <laughs> a natural sense to look at other generations um, and in, in some sense look down upon them. And I've experienced that um, being in ministry everywhere that I've gone. Um, but because of the fact that I remember that scripture and I believe that um, regardless of how old I was, God could still use me. And if the if God can use a donkey in the Bible, then he can use a kid. You know, um, if he can speak to people in all of the ways that he spoke to people, you know, I don't know if I'm perfect, but I'm, I'm a lot better than a donkey. You know, I can, I can probably contribute something. Um, and I feel like, you know, if God can use me, he doesn't care where I've been. He doesn't care how old I am. He doesn't care what my struggles have been. He doesn't care, you know, if I'm sick or well or old or in great shape. God doesn't care about that. He can use anybody who makes themselves available to him. And so growing up in environments and working in environments where I have been the youngest, um, I've never come in trying to act like I know everything or come in, um, you know, feeling like I'm going to, teach the old folks, you know, something new, but I've always come in saying, God, I'm available. And there are a lot of people who I think have a lot here to offer. Give me something that I can offer them that can be helpful. And if you choose not to give me anything that can be helpful, cool. I will just be here and be a part. Um, but if you give me something that I can contribute, whatever you give me, I'll share. Whatever you put in my heart to do, I'll do. Whatever you tell me to say, I'll say. And, um, God has proven himself to be really, really faithful in uh, using me in spite of my youth. And I've come to um, enjoy 
being young in ministry. It sometimes can be a little bit of a task. Um, and, you know, people always say, you know, Daniel, you should, you know, get married, you know, soon and do this and do that. And I'm like, yeah, I will. But I am enjoying the freedom of youth. I am enjoying um, having no limitations when God tells me to do something or go somewhere. Or be, I can just be like, I'm fully available. I'm just, I'm available to only God, you know. Um, and being able to do that for this season has been beautiful. I know that when I'm older, I, I see what I did there. You see what I did there? Just clever. <laughs> but I know that when I'm older, God's going to bring some of those things into being. But I'm in no rush because He's made me who I am in the season that I am for a reason. And because of that, um, he wants to do something, even though I'm 28. He wanted to do something with me when I got here at Discovery and I was 24. Um, a lot of people have some questions about the fact that I was 24. <laughs> and just to see what God's done, you know, I never for a moment doubted him uh, about his work and how he would move, but I'm nevertheless amazed that even though there were a lot of things that at 24 I didn't know, um, God made up the difference. And he was able to stir some things in me that was beyond my own um, level of, of earthly knowledge and wisdom that has uh, beautifully brought us to, to where we are and beautifully brought me to, to where I am. And as you said, you know, you're probably looking back on Instagram and you've noticed I've changed, I've changed, I've changed. Um, and I think even that change is a testament to something that God began years ago. Um, maybe even before I came to discovery, when I was just getting into my twenties, you know, God stirred some things in my heart about where he wanted to take me. Um, and a lot of people didn't understand it. Like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? He's, he's young. You should, why you, he's not old enough for that. He's not old enough to lead these people. What's he up to? Um, but I felt like I was following God's voice. Was nervous in that sense because I was like, if I'm following the wrong voice in a couple of years here, I'm gonna be in trouble. But turns out um, that He was speaking to my heart um, even all those years ago, and He's brought me this far. And the things that He's spoken, He's kept His promises. So I mean, if you you know if anybody's listening or watching, and you're young in ministry and you're trying to figure out where you fit, the point is that you, you might not. And, and that's okay. Um, if you don't fit, you're not supposed to fit. And a lot of times what God does um, is he sends people places so that they will stand out. And if your age is something that makes you stand out, good. God knows how old you are. God made you that old and he is okay with it. And maybe what he wants to do is he wants to use your youth to show that there's no way that you could accomplish what he's about to accomplish in and through you without him. And so in a lot of situations, and this has been the case for me, God has shown his hand upon my life by the fact that there's no way that I could have done this at my age without his help. No one could have helped me do it. Nobody could have taught me these things. Nobody could have stirred this kind of passion in me. It had to be God. And so maybe, you know, you're watching this and you're young in ministry and, and God wants to use your life to show people that it's only him. And yeah. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you, Daniel, so much. I have honestly been such a huge fan of Daniel's since he showed up at Discovery um, we had the opportunity a couple times to just grab lunch and talk and for me to just hear his heart and what you guys have experienced today is like totally Daniel, except he wasn't quite as sassy and silly as sometimes he can be. I like to use that word when I describe you, by the way. <laughs> it's accurate. It's accurate. <laughs> but I just... I mean, like you guys have seen, his heart is so big. And I think really what it all boils down to, if I may kind of wrap it up in a, a little bow, is parents speak truth and life into your children. It goes beyond academics. It goes beyond their career. It, it really sets their heart and their foundation for how they live their life out. Because if they have the truth of God's word and they know that mom and dad are going to love them no matter what. I mean, it, it doesn't, those are, you're just setting yourself, your kids up for success. I really do believe that. And um, just 
what an incredible impact your mom has had, not only on you, but the fact that you've been taken all those bits of wisdom and just the knowledge that she's imparted to you and you're sharing that and helping others. Um, I think that's what it's all about. So thank you, Daniel, for sharing that with us. And then of course, I want him to talk about the album Older because it drops today. So yes. tell everyone where they can get it, uh, how they can stream it, download it, and then also how they can find you and follow you on social media. Absolutely. Okay. So um, my new album Older, it is available on all streaming platforms. So if you are into Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, anywhere that you get or stream your music, you're able to stream the new project today. 10 tracks, um, all from different seasons of life. Uh, and so just love the um, various stages that are represented just of where you may be in your story. I believe that there's a song uh, for wherever you might be. And so very, very excited about that. Go get it, share it with friends. Follow me on Instagram at I am underscore Daniel Mitchell. Add me on Facebook. It's just my name. I'm easy to find you. Just look for this face. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm uh, just excited about all the things that are going on. Come, please come visit us at Discovery if you're watching. Uh, we'd love to worship with you. Um, if this, If I can there's anything in my life that I'm super, super proud of, especially over the past four years, it's our team and how God has just grown them. And so would love for you, if you're watching, to be able to experience their ministry as well. And uh, come check out Discovery. Those are all, I think those are all the places you can find me. And, you know, if you're ever in downtown Orlando and you're, you know, running around Lake Yola and you see me, just high five me. Aside from that, oh, and you might find me at the gym. Those are the only other places that, that you'll probably find me on. Um, and just really, really excited to be able to share with everybody. Please let me know what you think about the project. If you get an opportunity uh, to leave some comments or some reviews online, that would be just greatly appreciated. Or you can DM me and let me know your thoughts. Awesome. And I'll say too, if you uh, are able to, like he said, if you're not able to make it to Discovery Church, jump on discoverychurch.org and watch our services online every Sunday, 9-11. You can stream it through Facebook. It, Like you said, it, it nothing compares to being in the room. But okay. I'll tell you, we watched online yesterday, and I'm just like cleaning my house, <laughs> doing some worship. And uh, it, it just brightens your heart and just really makes your day. And on top of that, we have, honestly, in my opinion, the best pastor in the country who is just not afraid or ashamed of the gospel of Christ and just teaches the truth of God's word. And um, it's a blessing to be in a place where the Holy Spirit's moving. And thank you, Daniel, for being such a huge part of making that happen each weekend. Um, we just love you guys. So thank you for your time again today. And everyone, go grab the album Older today. So exciting. Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of your All My Favorite People merch. And I'd love it if you also left me a review. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode, and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.